Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Hey, take control of your family's future with an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com. Now, whether it's a will or a living trust, you work with an independent attorney now available in 48 states on a plan that works best for you. And since LegalZoom is not a law firm, well, you're not going to get charged by the hour. So get an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com today. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more. LegalZoom.com. All right, this portion of the Sean Hannity podcast is sponsored by Audible. Now, by signing up for a 30-day trial with Audible, you'll be able to get that audio book you've always wanted to read for free. Now, discover where Audible audiobooks can take you. To get started, just go to Audible.com slash Hannity. That's Audible.com slash Hannity. As ISIL is beaten back, we're gaining vast amounts of intelligence, thousands of documents, thumb drives, digital files, which we will use to keep destroying ISIL's networks and stop foreign fighters. We also continue to uh, intensify our efforts against al-Qaeda in Syria, which, no matter what name it calls itself, cannot be allowed to maintain a safe haven to train and plot attacks against us. I do want to step back and note the broader progress that has been made in this campaign so far. Two years ago, ISIL was racing across Iraq to the outskirts of Baghdad itself, and to many observers, ISIL looked invincible. Since then, in Iraq, ISIL has lost at the Manjib Dam, at Tikrit, at Beji, uh, at Sinjar, at Ramadi, at Heat, at Rubba, and now Fallujah. In Syria, ISIL's lost at Kobani, and Tal Abayad, and the Tishran Dam, and al-Shaddadi. ISIL has lost territory uh, across vast stretches of the border with Turkey and almost all major transit routes into Raqqa. And in both Iraq and Syria, ISIL has not been able to reclaim any significant territory that they have lost. So I want to repeat, ISIL has not had a major successful offensive operation in either Syria or Iraq in a full year. Even ISIL's leaders know they're going to keep losing. 
in their message to followers, they're increasingly acknowledging that they may lose Mosul and Raqqa. And ISIL is right. They will lose them. And we'll keep hitting them and pushing them back and driving them out until they do. In other words, ISIL turns out not to be invincible. They are, in fact, inevitably going to be defeated. Sometimes when I'm talking to young interns at the White House uh, who are still immunizing themselves from the cynicism that's so chronic in this town, um, I remind them, if you had to choose a moment in history to be born and you didn't know ahead of time who you were going to be, you'd choose now. Because the world has never been less violent, healthier, better educated, more tolerant, with more opportunity for more people and more connected than it is today. All right, news roundup and information overload. So the, news, the, the world has never been less violent. Well, let's go through some of the headlines, shall we? Belgian priest stabbed by a migrant who didn't have cash for him. We got in Holland a 96-year-old grandmother murdered by an Iraqi migrant, a Somali man attempting to behead a man in a London station. And you got a Somali national killing one woman the other night, injuring five others in, in London. And you have ISIS killing two Egyptian police officers in a video and threatening, of course, Israel. Now, of course, we see the migrant problem all over Europe and Germany and Great Britain and Paris, Belgium. And I'm watching all of this. And what did we learn? We learned that, yeah, the refugee population was infiltrated by ISIS fighters and radical Islamists. But don't worry. The headline in the AP today is the U.S. is poised to hit Obama's target of 10,000 Syrian refugees. Yeah, they're the very people that James Clapper, our director of national intelligence, our FBI director Comey, our CIA director Brennan, our assistant FBI director Steinbeck, our former special envoy to defeat ISIS, General Allen, and what our House Homeland Security Committee chair Mike McCall had all said that they would infiltrate the population and come here. So you got Syrian refugees as we speak, despite the fact that we now see mass mass casually casualty isis attacks every few days or weeks now abroad and at home well this president's just ratcheting up the influx of refugees into this country and as far as the presidential election you got a individual in the name of hillary clinton well don't worry she wants to bring in another 550 percent increase in what obama's bringing in well that's really nice of her considering she has all the security she could ever want and need state department reports show that 2340 syrian refugees arrived Last month in the United States alone, by the way, we're not taking in Christians or Yazidis or those that have been victim of genocide, which we've chronicled on this program. That's that's not happening in any way, shape or form as it relates to the arms, as it relates to the money for hostages and the ransom paid. We now heard from a Iranian hostage. The Iranians told me they're waiting for another plane to arrive before they let us go. So it was it was ransom. The Iranians did tell the truth as confirmed now by one of the hostages released. Anyway, on top of that, there is a article out today, and more papers around the country are reporting on this. Now we see that bringing in refugees to the United States and not checking their health issues out, we see that there are many plagues, contagious diseases that they're bringing into the United States. You think we'd at least check their medical condition, but we don't. And Obama, of course, deceiving voters, you the people, about the ransom paid to Iran. Hillary Clinton doesn't want to talk about that. Yesterday, the president spent seven minutes dodging whether Iran will use the $400 million to fund terrorism. And yet, you know, in the case of Gold Star mothers like Pat Smith that are ignored by the media, well, if you're a Democrat and you're supporting Hillary and you're lecturing Donald Trump, then it's front page news for days and weeks. 
By the way, arrested ISIS sympathizer is now claiming the fellow militants are in Mexico. That was in the Daily Caller today. And Paris police once again are on alert for an Afghan who may be planning an attack there. And in Indonesia, counterterrorism police have thwarted a jihadist missile attack. Joining us now, Patrick Poole. He is the national security and terrorism correspondent for PJ Media. Uh, you're the person that first told me that there is an ISIS attack somewhere around the world every 84 hours. I thought the JV team was contained. Uh, Sean, that's that's the mystery of it all, is that uh, while we have basically Europe under siege from an Islamist insurgency, uh, you know, we, we've got our media focused on, you know, pocket constitutions and, you know, not the complete and utter collapse of the Obama-Clinton foreign policy over the past seven and a half years, but, you know, the the media just lathering over, you know, Donald Trump's latest tweets. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the double standard, isn't it? I mean, you got... You know, look at the case of Pat Smith. She gave a speech at the Republican convention. We played montages, roundly dismissed. Republicans were excoriated for exploiting the death of her son. And then in comes Mr. Khan, and Mr. Khan lectures Donald Trump, and he becomes the media's favorite guest for weeks and weeks. And then we start discovering, what have you discovered about Khan? That he supports Sharia law like others have been reporting? Well, I, I mean, you know, others have, have reported on it, but, but I think, Sean, the... The important statistics, you know, not discounting the sacrifices that Muslim Americans have made in defense of the United States, but we've had three times more Muslim Americans killed fighting for terrorist organizations than have died fighting for the United States since 9-11. We just had two Americans who were killed in a firefight with police in Bangladesh just last week. Um, You know... We've got a serious problem. You know, we have Major Nadal Hassan. We had uh, uh, at Fort Hood kill 13 of his fellow soldiers. Sergeant Hassan Akbar killed two of his fellow soldiers just days before they went into Iraq uh, in Camp Pennsylvania and Kuwait. Um, I, I mean, we have serious problems, and uh, you know, and we've got uh, the DNC, you know, um, staged event that's really taken our eyes off the ball of we've got serious problems not just here in the u.s but in the world you know we now have video of the ransom that iran is now showing you know for all the talk about how the president talked about well this great new iranian deal and we give them 150 billion dollars we give them 400 million dollars in cash uh and i guess euros and francs and we send it in an unmarked cargo plane, and it's on pallets, and they get the cash. And even John Kerry and the president and Susan Rice and so many others admit, and Josh Ernest admit that, yeah, they could use that money to foment more terror. I mean, they've been the number one state sponsor of terror now for for over a decade and longer. And um, I'm wondering, why would you give money? Why would you give $150 billion, the right to continue to spin centrifuges, the right to partner with Vladimir Putin for missile defense in case we ever need to take out those facilities, the right to build up conventional arms and the right to continue to build your ballistic missile system so you can launch them. How do you call that a good deal? And then the Iranians just mock you afterwards. I mean, it's it's if it wasn't so sad. It's bizarre, Sean, because uh, yesterday Obama claimed that the 
the Iran deal shut down Iranian nuclear facilities. But we know that not a single facility was shut down. Um, and, you know, we, we've got, you know, literally pallets of money being shipped on these unmarked cargo planes, you know, in uh, the, you know, not uh, ransom payments, you know, unscheduled flights uh, w- without bothering to tell Congress, let alone this money being authorized. You know, I seem to recall that in, you know, Article One of those pocket constitutions that they waive, you know, the, the Congress, when did they ever approve that money? Um, and, and, the, and the Iranians just laughing at us. You know, if, if you recall when they captured our uh, ten sailors, um, and John Kerry, well, you know, they, the Iranians were just uh, it, giving them aid and assistance. And then, you know, the Iranians released video, you know, of of them crying and, and, and uh, being held captive with their hands, you know, behind their heads. It's, it's just so utterly insane that we're talking about, you know, Kizer Khan and his pocket constitution and not the collapse of the Obama-Clinton foreign policy. It's such a good point. And then, of course, they spend a whole night praising Black Lives Matter. Imagine if Republicans were praising a group that said, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And and you white people, you get in the back. All of that on tape. Anyway, Patrick, great work that you're doing over at uh, PJ Media. We always appreciate you being with, with us on the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number on this Friday. All right, let's get to Jose is in Miami, News Radio 600, WIOD. What's up, sir? Jose, um, hey, Sean, how's it going? Sorry, I heard my name, and I just thought I'm, I'm saying my name. How you doing, Sean? Yeah, that's all right. What's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm enjoying your tweets with the Wall Street Journal. They're, they are uh, spot on. You know, I think this Never Trump movement has jumped the shark. They're, at this point, I think, hurting the republic more than anything with, with this perpetuation of these, these constant attacks against Trump and not focusing on the big picture. And I think the big picture, frankly, for me, is a SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, and what Hillary will do to it. If, if Obama's nomina- nominees have, have basically continued the goose-stepping, uh, Hillary will only continue and do worse, and I'm frightened about that. You know, look, the only thing I can say is, you know, this is a choice election. I mean, you know, part of me, like everybody else, you know, if I could will Donald Trump to win, I would will it because I know how bad she's going to be. I know what this agenda is going to be. I know what it means for the economy. I don't know how the how much she will accumulate in taxes. I understand the status socialist mindset. I know what appeasement is because she's been a part of it now for for the eight years. We know on foreign policy that it's not going to help the country in any way, shape, matter, or form. But at the end of the day, you know, we get the government we deserve. You know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm sort of battling all these elitists. It was what I was talking to Newt about earlier today and what I was arguing with this idiot from the Wall Street Journal on Twitter about last night. I mean, they, they don't under, seem to understand that Republican weakness, timidity, uh, fecklessness, a lack of spine, backbone, principles, you can say it any way you want, and their broken promises have created the opening for Donald Trump to be where he is today. And now they are so angry at the voters who, in record numbers, gave this nomination to Donald Trump that they are now doing everything in their power to sabotage him. Now, there are legitimate people that have legitimate disagreements with Donald Trump, and maybe they don't like his style, they don't like his temperament. You know, to me, you know, all right, 
take your criticism and then tell me how important is the Supreme Court selection for the next president? And there'll be numerous ones. It'll impact this country for generations. Tell me how important it is that we have somebody that's at least going to try and rein in government spending. Tell me how important it is to get rid of Obamacare. Tell me how important it is to secure our nation's borders. Tell me how important it is to vet refugees in a proper way so we don't gamble with the lives of the American people. You know, tell me how important it is to actually get good education in, in small towns and inner cities across America. You know, that's what's at stake here. There are two diametrically opposed visions for the future of the country. And that's what we're dealing with. These people are allowing themselves, or I should say, engaging in, in elevating their self-perceived uh, notions over over what's in the best interest of the country. I mean, They saying, think they know better. They, yes. they think they're smarter than you. They can't believe that the people have rejected them. They can't they don't understand. They can't come to grips with their own failures. And it's it's a reality that is now hitting them in the face. And, and so their answer is, well, we're not going to let them win. And they're going to pick up their toys and go home and sabotage as best they can. And there's a lot of them. And I, there are a few principled people that I understand have legitimate gripes, differences with Donald Trump. But that's not the people we're talking about here. Kennedy Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. When we come back, your calls, your comments coming up, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. By the way, Paris's uh, Eiffel Tower evacuated again this afternoon because of another terror alert sparked by some abandoned luggage. Apparently, uh, armed police, soldiers, searching tourists, cordon off the area. Does this not seem like it's every day now? Does this really seem like the JV team that's contained? Is this? And then why would you give money to Iran for ransom when you know they're going to use it to increase terror attacks? We'll continue. You know, attention to detail is critical when you own your own business. That's why you need to use LegalZoom.com. Now, they take care of all the legal details so you can focus on growing your business. Now, you already know that LegalZoom is a great way to start your business, and they've helped over 1 million people get up and started the right way. But there's more to running your business than getting started. Supplier and customer contracts come with the territory. And if you need to hire help, well, every state has its own employment laws. So don't spend your valuable time researching laws and reading small print. Let the experts at LegalZoom.com handle this. Now, they have a network of independent attorneys licensed in 48 states who know your local laws and regulations. They'll provide the best legal answers for your day-to-day questions. And the best part is you don't pay by the hour since LegalZoom is not a law firm. Instead, you pay a low monthly fee. You know exactly what you're getting up front. Go to LegalZoom.com today and spend your time growing your business instead of worrying about the legal details. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more. LegalZoom.com. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Glad you're with us on this Friday. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, as promised, this final half hour on this Friday, we're going to get to our busy phones. Anthony is in Long Island listening to the all-new AM 710 WOR, the voice of New York, New Jersey, and Long Island. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, Sean? How's everything? Everything's great. Happy Friday to you. 
Happy Friday to you. I can't wait for this day to be over, man. Yeah, we're getting there. You're almost there. Just, you know, hang out on the LIE. It's a nice parking lot. Take in the view of the walls and, yeah, and breathe well, in that delicious. Right now. <laughs> oh, you're going to LaGuardia. Oh, you... yeah, By the way, what? I'm a guy. I'm a cab driver. Yes, sir. Well, I love my New York cab drivers. They're great. Yeah, it is great. You meet a lot of people. Nice people, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm actually amazed at how many cab drivers listen to the show, and uh, and they tell me so, and I'm very honored that they do, and I know how hard you work. I know the deal that most of you have. I know how much you're, you rent out your cab for a 12-hour shift for and how difficult it is to just pay that nut back, and then you start working for yourself, and then you're stuck in traffic. It's Then you got to deal with Uber and that new competition. It's not easy. I know, I know, but you know what? You're a great person too, Sean. And you know I listen yeah. to you because man, you 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 know what? When you talk like I'm talking, and you know you know I'm a Donald Trump fan. I mean, I don't have to say anything else. But what I really want to say is this guy is a businessman and he's shot and he doesn't know how to be a politician. He was never a politician, but he beat them all. And you know what? He's gonna come around. And I know it, and I know it, and he's going to be stronger than ever. And I wanted you to know that from me because you said it. And that's all I want to really say is I'm behind him to the end. I think he's got a good shot. I know the... The you know the pundits the punditry class out there doesn't think so at this moment, but you know what we've got a lot of game left to play with ninety four days to go. We're going to count it down. We'll watch every inning, every pitch, and uh, when we get into these late innings and the debates happen and the debates occur and they're right around the corner, you know what? A lot can happen between now and then. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm hopeful that America has suffered enough. I hope that the millions of Americans that are in poverty on food stamps out of the labor force. The one in five families that don't have a single member of the family working. The, those that have children and grandchildren that care about the debt and the deficit and unfunded liabilities. I hope that those maybe that have lost jobs because there's so many illegal immigrants taking those jobs and driving down wages. I hope those that are concerned about protecting the homeland and see the rising incidence of terror around the world as a, a shot fired across the bow. We better pay attention to the warning. It's a warning call for us. And and want to change direction. I, I hope people have suffered enough in the sense that it wakes them up. I hope people understand what's at stake here uh, because there's a lot at stake. So anyway, I appreciate your call. Listen, you work hard. Good luck at LaGuardia. I hope you get a long trip into Connecticut or someplace so you get paid a lot of money. Love you, Sean. Take it easy. All right, my friend. God bless you. I appreciate it. Hardworking guy looking at how bad things are and saying, I need to get a new president. Yep. That's most of the people I know in my life. Anyway, let's get uh, to, uh, is it Gene in Freedom, Wyoming? How are you? You're on the Sean Hannity Show. Jeannie, how are you? It's Jeannie. Thank you. I am done listening to the Republicans whine about Donald Trump. All three Bushes, H.W., W. and Jeb, John McCain, Mitt Romney, John Kasich, need to get on board the Trump train and let's roll. We're fighting for our country here. They've got to put aside their whining and their political agenda, and their differences. We have to win this. We have to win this election. We believe in God, family, our friends, the Second Amendment. We have got to make a stand and save this country. I totally agree. Look, it's it's my list that I keep going back to. You get Hillary's choice for the Supreme Court, or you get the originalist that Donald Trump has promised. You get some fiscal sanity or you don't. You get energy independence or you don't. You get to fire every coal miner and close down every coal company with Hillary. 
You know, you get to expand fracking and drilling in this country, nuclear technology, all other technology, new technologies, or you don't. That's what's at stake here. You, rec- you elect a president that can say radical Islamic terrorism or you don't. You elect a president that sees the need for a border or you don't. You know, the, you want to negotiate better trade deals or you don't. You know, I don't see anything changing with Hillary in office except a new person sits aboard Air Force One, Marine One, and, and lives in the White House. I don't see much else changing. The Republican uh, Party has got to stand together. we got a man up. Or what we say in Wyoming, we cowboy up, we get a deep seat and a faraway look, and we come out whipping and spurring. We have got to stand together. We've got to stand together. I agree. Thank you, Jeannie. Appreciate it. Susanna is in Pittsburgh, PA. Susanna, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. First of all, I want to say we love you in our household. And secondly, in Pittsburgh, we, you helped us during the primary election. I think you did, but um, it, it was what I called the Project Delegate. And it was an organized um, yes. project that was implemented. It gave us the names of the convention delegates who solely were committed to Trump. And that gave us knowledge so that we could go into the polls and vote wisely. And that helped him to win. Well, so i got to tell you, that's one of the most dangerous systems I've ever seen. Because what happens is you don't see the name Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Marco Rubio. You saw the name of a delegate, and they don't put who the delegate's supporting. So we did the work, and Linda deserves most of the credit. She did all the legwork on it, of, of putting the names of the, the people on the ballot with the people that were running that they support. So so this way, you know, voters can make an informed decision. And we worked, Sean, and it was beautiful. So here's what I want to suggest. I want to suggest project endorsement. I'm asking, I used to be a state committee member. I used to be an elected district chairman and this is the time this is the season that they are going to call all of the volunteers all of the state committee members and the you know the um, district chairs and they're going to say go out and get all the community members who are for this candidate and have them pass out our you know candidate slate all the names that are on there you know who knows it could be your congressman or whatever well here's what i want to say let's do project endorsement go on that delegate go on that list of candidates and find out who is behind trump and who isn't if they're not behind Trump, you tell your district chairperson or whatever, I'm not going to hand out their information. I'm not going to endorse them if they cannot endorse our candidate. And, Sean, that's what they're upset about. It's our candidate. We weren't forced to take a McCain or a Romney. We chose him. We, we stumped them with Trump. So get out there, work the polls, be a poll watcher, make phone calls, volunteer, but only do it for Trump and those who endorse him. And it's called Project Endorsement. And here's what this is saying to those people, those career politicians like Charlie Dent, and I don't want to name all of them, but the ones who are out there bad-mouthing Trump. We're saying to them, we will not endorse you because you are being silent on Trump, which is a vocal endorsement for Hillary Clinton, four to eight of this nonsense ruling. We need to do this for as for a legacy for our families. We have to. Mm-hmm. Well said, Susanna. You know what, Linda, I'm looking at you. I think that's not a bad idea. I think Susanna's onto something here and let people decide. This way you know where these congressmen and senators stand. And, you know, some of these guys are trying to thread the needle and not say anything and stay in, in hiding. So that's a good point. Anyway, thank you, Susanna. Alex is in Houston, Texas, KTRH. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'd like to say thank you for supporting the military and thank you for reporting the news that nobody else ever seems to want to touch on. 
Um, uh, well, I appreciate it. That's my job. That's why I'm here. Yeah, we love you for it. Um, I'd like to just touch a little bit on this whole con thing. I know everybody's been talking about it, but um, it just seems like he keeps saying he wants to be out of the spotlight, but he keeps popping up, and it looks like he's kind of starting to unravel. You know, at first he looked like a good pro-immigration story, and now you peel back the layers and you start to see, you know, what's really underneath. You know, he starts out by deleting his website, pay-for-play. It looks like it looks just like a play out of the Hillary Clinton playbook. Um, you know, they uncover his papers that he talks about how Sharia law is above all other laws, including the Constitution, which makes no sense with him waving the Constitution around on stage. Now he's saying Allah is typically or is intentionally tripping up Trump, you know, and, and it starts to see that, you know, he's not pushing. Well, and he for- supports Sharia law. I mean, we've learned a lot about this guy. You know, I'm just not in the habit. Honestly, Alex, Trump had it right. He said that his son is a hero. And he said, and there's nothing that Trump has proposed that would impact this guy's family in any way. So this was a made-up issue. As a veteran, I mean, as a veteran, I I would be the first to say that he's a hero. But once, you know, once the family starts using their hero as a political bargaining chip, and I say the gloves come off, I don't think Trump owes anybody an apology. And I think the way that he's being paraded around, the way that Khan is being paraded around, just you know, it's 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 disgraceful to any hero member of the military. Yeah, I, well, I got to tell you, you know, the media is so distorted that and then it then it leads to a new narrative. Oh my God, Donald Trump needs an intervention. Does he have the temperament? That's the media just advancing Hillary's narrative. That's Hillary's narrative, and it's I mean, all made have, up and it's all not true. They have nothing else to talk about. So they just start making these stories up because they know that their legion of loyal followers is going to latch onto every soundbite and they're just going to run with it. You know, and there's no truth to it at all. But nobody seems to care about the truth anymore, Sean. No, it's so true. But we do. We do on this program. Yeah, we and do. We're just, doing a great job of putting it out. Yeah, it's fun. And by the way, I'm hated by a lot of people for it, and I'm all for that. That's fine. Ed in Vegas, K Dawn Radio. What's up, uh, Ed? How are you? Glad you called, sir. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, Sean, and thank you for everything that you do. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, Sean, I just want to remind all your listeners, um, and you have a slew of uh, Republican, Democratic people listening and all that stuff. I just want to remind the listeners out there that, you know, what Trump doesn't have that Hillary has is that he doesn't have blood on his hands. You know, uh, I I knew the late Chris, uh, Ambassador Chris Stevens. I was on his protective detail uh, in 0506. And my job was, and the team that I was, we were there to protect our diplomats. You know, it's, it's remarkable how Hillary can just blatantly lie to the families who are who are lost in Benghazi. And I think to myself, that could have been me. And Hillary would have straight lied to my wife and to my, my three-year-old son. So I just mm-hmm. want to remind the, the, you know, the, the listeners out there, like, she has blood on her hands. When you hear that there were 600 separate requests that were denied, it's, it, it takes your breath away, doesn't it? It, it does, sir, because... The, this is our diplomats. These are our representative of our great nation. And when they turn their backs on our diplomats, how much more the people who support our diplomats, including the security personnel? You know, it, it, there's only one goal that Hillary has, is that it doesn't matter how many people die. It doesn't matter how many people she lied to, it, lying to the Congress. Her end goal is just to be the president. That's it. I think that's true. I think the ambition of her knows no bounds. And, yeah, and I think in many, many ways, when you really get to the heart of it, the denial of security before and during, there is culpability and responsibility here on 
many people's hands, and she's at the top of the ladder. No doubt about it. Lisa, Ohio, you're next on the Sean Hannity Show. Sean, uh, been following you for years. Love you dearly. Great voice out there for the conservative movement. I have to tell you, though, I, I'm I'm just really concerned about this election simply because we've got so much stacked against us. I mean, not only the media, but the FBI has been complicit. The, the Democrats are, are just so adept at smoke and mirrors. I just I can't believe that some of the Republicans in my party are starting to think that Donald Trump is unfit for the presidency. And it's just scaring the heck out of me as a person that's trying to start a business. Um, my brother's a small business owner. My dad's a small business owner. I mean, I'm, I'm really scared to death for the future of this country. And I'm thinking, you know, what if Hillary is going to pull out all stop and say there is no damn way I'm going to lose this election. I'm going to win this election. I mean, you've got the voter ID laws that are weakening in this country, so it's going to encourage illegals to vote, to go to the voting polls. I just, I wonder how in God's green acres we're going to be able to win this election with all this stuff stacked against us. I mean, Trump, you know, he's, he's, I really believe the man has a love for this country. I believe he could do great things, but he just can't seem to focus and stay on message. And that's scary yeah. too. Listen, I'm not, I, I don't blame Trump as much as some of the other people have here because I see that what the media is doing. But yeah, I, you know, as I said in my advice earlier this week, I'm getting some feedback, guys. As I said in my advice earlier this week to Trump is two people you should talk about and only two people. And those two people are uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and talk about Obama's failures and talk about Hillary continuing these policies and explain what his vision and solutions for the country are. If he does that, I think he wins. If he gets caught up in in fights that he doesn't belong in, as disgusted as I am with all these Republicans that are stabbing him in the back and sabotaging his campaign, he can't be fighting Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Paul Ryan, and everybody else, and, and the father of that lost his son in a war. He can't get distracted because all of this is a trap. One of the telltale signs that this is Hillary's strategy is that Hillary keeps going out there with the information. That apparently, they've gone through every debate Trump was in and found every single instance in which he got annoyed so that they can use that when she debates him. He's got to be ready for that. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Wow, what a week it has been. Don't worry, we'll be on it all weekend. Let not your heart be troubled as we bring you the best political coverage, election coverage available on your radio dial, 24-7, 365, nonstop work. I sleep a little bit, like four hours, five hours. Anyway, have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. You know when a book just really hooks you and you just can't put it down? Well, with Audible, well, you don't have to. Discover where Audible audiobooks can take you. Now, maybe it's a book you've been wanting to read for a long time. Now, Audible has something special for everyone. So download your books or shows on your mobile device and listen anytime, anywhere. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, Audible is your best source for everyday entertainment. The Audible app makes listening a breeze with features like chapter navigation and narration speed control. So access your books, your shows, anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone or your tablet. Join Audible today and explore the world's leading provider of audiobooks, 
all beautifully performed by talented actors and narrators. Now you can start a 30-day trial and download your first audiobook for free. Just go to audible.com slash Hannity to get started. That's audible.com slash Hannity for a 30-day trial and audiobook. This is the Sean Hannity Show podcast. Are you mischaracterizing Director Comey's testimony? And is this not undercutting your efforts to rebuild trust with the American people? Well, Kristen, I appreciate your asking that because I was pointing out uh, in, in both of those instances um, that the Director Comey had said that my answers in my FBI interview were truthful. That's really the bottom line here. And I have said um, during the interview and in many other occasions over the past months uh, that what I told the FBI, which he said was truthful, is consistent with what I have said publicly. So I may have short-circuited it, and for that I, uh, you know, will try to clarify because I think, you know, Chris Wallace and I were probably talking past each other because, of course, he could only talk to what I had told the FBI, and I appreciated that. Now, I have acknowledged repeatedly that um, using two email accounts was a mistake, uh, and I take responsibility for that. Uh, But I do think... You know, having him say that my answers to the FBI were truthful and then I should quickly add what I said was consistent with what I had said publicly. And and that's really um, sort of, in my view, trying to tie both uh, ends together. All right. That was Hillary Clinton, hour two of the Sean Hannity show. Of course, we have this lie on tape and we have played it many, many times. And James Comey confirming that, in fact, everything she told the public was a lie, just like. When she told us about Benghazi, it was a lie. She was telling her own daughter, the Libyan president, the Egyptian prime minister, the truth. And uh, anyway, here to analyze the week in politics, the latest poll numbers and the comings and goings on the trail 94 days out is former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing well, and I have to confess that <clears throat> listening to Hillary lie about lying is so breathtaking. Uh, you lie about the lie about the lie. Is that uh, what it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ben Shelley and I were talking about this a little while ago. And, you know, part of the challenge of this campaign is, is that this is a campaign choice between certainty and uncertainty. Donald Trump is a businessman. He's never been president. So you can say there are uncertain things about him. He's learning the trade as he goes. But you have certainty with Hillary Clinton. She will lie. She is dishonest. She is corrupt. Her foreign policy is a disaster. She will appoint radicals to the Supreme Court. So in a sense, you have a certain disaster with Hillary, and you would be putting in the White House the most corrupt and the most openly dishonest person ever elected president. Uh, And that's pretty breathtaking. You know, I know that there was a lot of news this week about your criticisms of Donald Trump when he was involved in this little skirmishes. I don't I personally think that this was made into a much bigger deal by the media, but. You know, his comments, he said he's not ready to endorse Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan has constantly been out there critical of him. John McCain, the same thing. And Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz and Jeb Bush. I think Trump's a little bit fed up with all of this, especially those people that made specific promises when they were running for the office themselves. And and then, of course, with Mr. Khan, it got buried that he called Mr. Khan's son a hero. It got buried when Donald Trump said uh, my refugee program would not have been impacted the cons and it becomes you know a bigger story because the media drives it that way well but okay having having grown up uh, under reagan and having campaigned in the 70s with reagan and then in the 80s um 
real conservatives have to wake up every morning and understand that 80 to 90 percent of the elite media is your active enemy. They're not neutral. They're not unbiased. They're not fair. They're your opponents. And you have to then design a communication strategy which accepts them. It's a little bit like sailing. You're going right into a headwind, so you better tack because you're not going to make any ground going straight forward. Uh, and so you have to design what you say carefully, and you have to ask yourself every day, if I say X, how will they distort it? Because they're going to. Uh, and and, and if, I, if I do anything to give them an edge, how will they exploit it? Um, I think that Donald Trump has tremendous potential. I, I don't think he happened to accidentally win 37 primaries. I don't think he happened to accidentally get more votes than any Republican in history. But he's now in a totally different league where the left is in a frenzy to destroy him before he gets off the ground. And he's having to learn in public. And it's very difficult to learn in public when you're getting beaten up by the elite media. So I'm, I'm sympathetic with how big his challenge is, but I'm unsympathetic with the idea that that in any way relieves him from the job of rising to the occasion. I mean, he is the only person standing between us and the Clinton presidency. And that is an enormous moral burden. Yeah, I and agree. Yeah, and, and you have been one that has really praised his learning curve, and I think at every step you have sort of challenged him to reach deeper, to dig deeper and right. and reach a little higher and grow a little bit more. And I think people took the criticism of you as, oh, I mean, it was played everywhere, constantly, CNN and MSNBC. It was comments you made on the Fox Business Network. And oh, see, even Newt Gingrich, a Trump supporter, slamming him. And I took it a little bit differently, maybe because I know you better, is that, that you're saying, hey, this is a moment. you got to step up. you got to get higher. Right. And what, what he's going to discover, and, and he's a volunteer, you know. He by the way, i got to tell, I gotta tell a story here. Okay. There have been times in my career you have privately called me and warned me that you think I'm off course. True or false? It's true, and sometimes I was right. But I wasn't always right. I mean, I mean some, you know, sometimes you were more right than I was. Not well, one example was you thought I was being too harsh on Obama in 07 and 08. You said, uh, you said you're really killing yourself here. You, got, you, said, you said I was out on a high wire without a net. <laughs> I spent the last seven years saying over and over again, you were the one guy who actually understood how radical well, but he you, was. But I took what you said seriously because, for, number one, you're a friend, and number two, you're really smart, and I, I listened when my friends try and tell me something that I need to hear. Well, and, and, I, and sometimes I, I say things directly in public to try to create an effect, uh, but, but the, the frenzy, look, here, here's what's going on. The left is in a frenzy to intimidate Republicans to convince them that Donald Trump is a greater risk than Hillary Clinton. Now, I don't believe, I think for the country historically, Hillary Clinton is such a devastating risk her, her foreign policies were a disaster. Look at Libya. Look at Syria. Look at Iraq. Look at Crimea. Look at the fiasco of the Russian reset. Look what she almost did in Egypt. I mean, if the military hadn't taken over, Egypt today would be a radical country. Look at the fiasco of, of the Clinton-Obama $400 million. You know, a policeman was arrested in Washington, D.C., trying to give $200 to ISIS, while the president is sending $400 million to the Iranian terrorist regime. Now, explain to me how that makes any sense. Yeah, it uh, makes no sense. I, you know, so from my perspective, 
while I get frustrated with Trump occasionally, I think he's got a lot to learn. I have zero doubt that for the future of this country, that a, a Trump victory is essential because I believe Hillary Clinton would be the most corrupt and dishonest person ever to occupy the White House. And I think that her fantasy world of foreign policy would continue the disaster of the last eight years. And people need to really back out and look at how bad Obama is in foreign policy and national security and realize how much he's done to undermine this country. There's a guy from the Wall Street Journal, Brett Stevens, who attacked me yesterday because I have said that if Donald Trump loses, I am placing blame squarely on Republicans that are now actively sabotaging him and undermining him. And I was asked for a statement today, and I, I sent it over to somebody. I said, you know, I, I said he's a typical arrogant elitist who's incapable or seemingly incapable of understanding the plight of millions and millions of Americans on, in poverty on food stamps and out of the labor force. He's incapable of recognizing the danger of record debt and deficits and unfunded liabilities, incapable of recognizing the danger of open borders and refugees that are not properly vetted, incapable of understanding the danger in electing a president who refuses to say the words radical Islam that supports the Iranian deal that gives the number one state sponsor of terror $150 billion and the right to move forward with their nuclear program, an elitist who refuses to recognize that weak, spineless, feckless, visionless Republicans who abandon every promise they ever made, every principle, every principle they ever espoused, helping to facilitate the entire Obama agenda. And then I finished and said he deserves Hillary's Supreme Court selections. He deserves the unvetted refugees living next door to him. He deserves the economy and decline that will continue. And he deserves the consequences of a foreign policy that's predicated on appeasement. Tell me well, if I'm wrong. No, I, I, think, I, I almost wrote that as my newsletter today because I got a note from a friend of mine who was piously expressing the difficulty he's having uh, sticking with Trump. And I wrote back and I said, so let me get this right. Radicals on the Supreme Court, a disastrous foreign policy, corruption and dishonesty, the Clinton uh, uh, Foundation, uh, 76 secret meetings in, in the uh, Secretary of State's office with potential contributors, and 33,000 deleted emails, those don't bother you. But Donald Trump being clumsy does. And I you think know, that's it, what we've got to say to people, is that this, this double standard by which we're being told that there's something, you know, and again, I, I've been, as you pointed out earlier, I've been very tough with Trump. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't automatically salute, but I, I'm tough with him in the context of trying to get him to victory, not in the context of trying to lose. And I believe any rational conservative, who looks at how bad Hillary Clinton will be for the next four years, can't possibly want her to win. Well, then how do you explain? Well, then we've got to we've got to name names here. Then help me explain Paul Ryan. I know that Trump's expected to endorse him tonight. Uh, How do you explain Ted Cruz? How do you explain Jeb Bush and Lindsey Graham and John McCain? How do you explain, you know, because the message that I just sent out to this Wall Street Journal guy, you know, if she gets elected, they're causing, they're allowing her to make Supreme Court selections. They're allowing open borders and refugees. They're allowing the economy to continue to decline. Why would they do that? Well, first of all, in Ryan's case, he, he is voting for Trump. He was at the convention. He introduced Mike Pence for his acceptance speech. And while they have public policy arguments, I don't think there's any question that, that Paul Ryan's going to try to help carry Wisconsin and try to help carry a lot of other places. Um, in, the case of, in the case of McCain, you know, there's been unnecessary bad blood on both sides of that relationship. 
Trump has said some stuff about McCain he should never have said. And McCain has always been pretty cheerful about having a chip on his shoulder. So he said some things back. But I, as you know, I endorsed McCain in a video this week, and I was very strong about it. I mean, John McCain is a legitimate, genuine American hero. The people of Arizona know him. He's going to get reelected. Uh, and, and he's, and he's, he's a, he's a guy who's worked very hard for veterans and, and very hard for national security. I'll be honest. With him. I, 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 I'm very disappointed in John McCain. I'm very disappointed in all these other people. I just am. I'm very, I feel, well, yeah, but, but, I feel but, like but, they're but, sa- openly but sabotaging. There's, there's, but there's plenty of disappointment on both sides. Okay. Trump is now the nominee. He is the leader of the party. He has, he, you know, it, it, Churchill once said, you know, that, 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 in, that in victory, you have to be generous. Uh, he needs to bring the party back together. He is the leader. And, and getting involved in skirmishes doesn't serve him any good. It doesn't help defeat Hillary Clinton. My belief is the only two people that Donald Trump should ever talk about are Barack Obama, because he's got to make the case this is a failure, and Hillary Clinton, because he's got to make the case the future would be a failure. Every other irritation, every other comment, etc., ought to be like water off a duck's back. It doesn't matter. It weakens the chance of winning the presidency. Uh, and, and I, would I, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying, and I have said it publicly. Right, a hundred percent agreement. Having said that, the, the best way to get, I think, the best way to get these other guys back committed and enthusiastic is to keep reminding them how really grotesque the alternative is. I mean, this whole story, which I know you've been covering, uh, which I'm going to do a Facebook Live about later on this afternoon, which is going to be called Obama Lies Again. I mean, this whole story, you know, my novel Duplicity had a scene towards the end where they were throwing money out of a helicopter to Somalian terrorists. Um, and a friend of mine just wrote me a few minutes ago and said he never quite thought he would see that in reality. But you have an entire plane full. Think about this. A plane of unmarked small bills. I mean, this is like a scene from Lethal Weapon. Uh, you know, and, and, and we now know from the hostages that they were told they would not leave until that plane landed. So for the president, and they even have a, they've even released a tape now. So yeah, it's it's yeah. everything so, the Iranians so, said is true. Everything Obama right, so, said so, is a lie. And, right. and by the way, so even Susan to, Rice and John Kerry right. admitted money would go to terrorism. Right. So which is why it's goofy that we're prosecuting this cop who wanted to give two hundred bucks, and we're allowing the president of the United States to give away four hundred million dollars in in small bills. Yeah. I mean, this is and we just need to remind our side: you're going to get four more years of this stuff from Hillary. You have four more years of dishonesty, four more years of undermining America, four more years of failing to stand up to terrorism, four more years of, of placating the Iranians, four more years of undermining Israel. So that's what's at stake. And right. it is, I think it you, is not a small I, I agree. thing to decide to accept that. Really well said. Mr. Speaker, thank you. We appreciate Great it. With you. Uh, one of the other headlines today is the U.S. now is poised to hit, in spite of our intelligence community's admonitions that ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population, U.S. is poised to hit Obama's target of 10,000 Syrian refugees, but guess what? Only 0.7% are Christian. And meanwhile, this Christian genocide going on will remind you of that tragedy that nobody in the media seems to care about when we get back. And uh, then we have much more to get to. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Hannity Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you everywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, when we come back, one of the most underreported stories around the globe, Christian genocide, some calling it a modern-day holocaust, 
and that's uh, Christians in Iraq and in Syria, the Yazidis and others. We'll get a ground report and much more, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll also talk about all the latest terror attacks that keep happening. But Obama says, don't worry, we think we'll get Mosul back. And I'm like, Mosul? Why did you give it up in the first place? We had already won Mosul. We'll continue. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines. A bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go. Even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um... Yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Toll-free telephone number, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. The top of the hour will tell you how bad the week in terror has been with Patrick Poole. He is the national security and terrorism correspondent for PJ Media. Where do you hear the list of things? Headline today, U.S. poised to hit Obama's target of 10,000 refugees. I keep reminding you that every top intelligence official in this country has warned that, as has happened in England, Great Britain, as has happened in Germany, as has happened in France, as has happened in Belgium, and most of Europe now has been impacted by the refugee population. That means terrorist attacks. That means rapes. That means murders. And the list goes on and on. It's hardly a day that goes by now where we don't hear an incident of some refugee committing some horrific act of terror or crime. Now, on top of the target that Obama has, Hillary Clinton wants a 550% increase in Syrian refugees. Now, we do know of the 6,800 and some odd refugees that have been brought in this year. 99.3% are either Shia, Sunni, or just self-described Muslim. We have talked, and the rest of the media seems to have ignored what others have described as the outright genocide of Christians, and in some cases, some calling it a modern-day holocaust. And why aren't we taking in any of these Christian refugees? Why has the world ignored this story? Anyway, here to shed some light on this is Narain Anwea. She is the Assyrian-American activist, Christian, Yazidi genocide advocate, humanitarian, and also... Uh, Mr. Yanadam uh, Khanna is an Assyrian-Iraqi parliamentarian and also the Secretary General of the Assyrian Democratic Movement in Iraq. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you. Now, Thank Rain, you, I've known Sean. you for a long time. I know your passion on this topic. I'm, I've, like you, I have tried to call as much attention to this as possible. Does the word genocide, does the word modern day, words modern-day holocaust, do they ring true based on what you know and are monitoring every day? Absolutely, Sean. And, you know, this genocide has started a long time ago for us, but it's become worse with ISIS. You know, there's always a terrorist militia group with a different label. And, you know, the atrocities that have happened to us, I mean, it's been declared by Secretary of State John Kerry that it's a genocide. We've been pleading since 2014 to highlight this problem and to eliminate ISIS at its core because we truly are running out of time, not only for Assyrian Christians and Yazidis in Iraq and other religious and ethnic minorities, but for Americans and European countries. As you can see, the crisis is just spreading and terrorism and that ideology is spreading throughout the world. And that is, we cannot afford another four years of this same unsuccessful foreign policy. 
Well, I mean, how many people are we talking about that have been slaughtered? I mean, I know we're talking about different people, Assyrian Christians, the Yazidis, and, and others, but there seems to be a purging of all Christians. In other words, if you're a Christian and you don't convert, you are killed. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And, you know, they were given an option to flee or be killed. I mean, and really... That is not a, re- a real option to be given, you know, especially if you are a Christian or another ethnic and religious minority. But we have lost count, Sean, of how many people we have actually lost. I mean, in, in the early 2000s, we were at 1.3 million in Iraq. And today we're estimating with Rabbi Nadim less than 300,000. We're decreasing literally by the week. You know, so in other words, there is a, there's an open effort in, in Syria and in Iraq to purge all Christians. And and they're exactly. sometimes given the choice, convert or die, but oftentimes they're just killed. And those that have stayed, you have told me in the past, have actually had to pay ransom for their lives. Exactly. And so many have been kidnapped. And as you can see, many were executed on, on video. And we are actually, as the natives, we want an internationally protected region in our own ancestral lands. We don't want to disperse an ancient 7,000-year-old group of people all over the world you know, so we don't agree with this whole refugee crisis that's happening. We want to stay on our homeland. We want to preserve our Aramaic language. We want to preserve our Christian faith. We want to be protected. We want to be given strength of some sort. But, you know, it appears that many Islamic groups are only being helped, and that's just something I personally do not understand. You know, and Americans really, truly need to wake up. You know, this is a life-and-death situation for all of us, not just the people in the Middle East, because this disease is truly spreading across the board. And they really need to understand if they really want their child one day to be beheaded in their backyard, they really need to take this. This isn't about political parties. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats and taking sides. This is about what's right and what's wrong. You know, it's really it's really that simple, isn't it? Mr. Kana, how are you? And uh, tell us your side of this story. And, and do you believe those words genocide and ethnic cleansing and a modern-day Holocaust are appropriate, or do you think it's overstated? Well, actually, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we are here in America and invited by State Department to discuss these important issues. Christian communities and other minority religious ethnic minorities under federal wages. Actually, we are living the results of the policies in that part of the world. We are living the proxy war between our neighbors, and the result was genocide, real genocide, because in Nineveh Plain or in Mosul City, uh, more than 2,000 or let's say close to 2,000 years, the Christianity was there. This is first time our church bells are not ringing. Why? Because there is no more any Christian there or... No more than maybe 100-something people hiding themselves in Musa City and nowhere else. So this is the result of the policies and the conflict between Iran and other neighboring countries, but in Iraq. But Iran and Saudi Arabia, Iran and Turkey, and the result is the ethnic cleansing and also genocide because of, the, because of their entity, either Yazidis, especially Christians also. So uh, I, I'm sorry to say that now we are at this at the point that how to bring back those uh, minorities, how to protect them there. So 30 countries we are meeting in D.C. now, uh, defense ministers and foreign ministers with America, and uh, they raised $2.1 billion to support Iraq to get rid of this ISIS. And in my personal opinion, 
we have not to deal with the results because every day or every decade we will have a new ISIS. We have to go to the roots, how to get rid of the producers of ISIS. Stop producing ISIS in that region because ISIS will not stop there. We, long time ago, more than 10 years ago, I told my friends, American commanders, we are in one trench, please. We are in one trench. We are targeted by those bloody guys. Uh, you have to change your strategies and your policies in this part of the world. Unfortunately, nothing was done, and at last, uh, Nice was targeted, uh, over wow. 80 people killed by one track, and Paris, many hundred people killed two, three times. Well, let me, and Brooklyn, let me ask and this. then later on, maybe America, unfortunately. Yeah. Let me ask one political question, and I'll, I'll let you go as we update the situation, is... You know, if this is a modern-day Holocaust, Narain, and no one's reporting on it, and I, I kind of feel at times like I'm a lone voice in the wilderness because you keep telling me the, the horrors that are going on here and the genocide, um, has any politician addressed this issue? Is anybody, what's Hillary going to do about this? Is she doing anything to help? Obama doing anything to help? Are there any congressmen doing anything to help? Has anyone well, no, there's, I mean, congressmen, Narain? we do have some, like, like Steve King, he's been advocating for us. You know, um, there's Fortenberry, there's Wolf, but there's, you know, there are needles in the haystack. Unfortunately, it appears that more than half of Congress are just corrupt and they sold themselves out to other nations or other personal agendas. But as of now, what I am personally seeing, and not just taking just a political party or a political side, but the one that has made a strong statement about removing ISIS at its core is Donald Trump. And we truly need to look at this, because if ISIS is not removed immediately, things are going to get much worse, and people just have no idea what is being brewed and you know there it is going to come it is already here it's a matter of time as people know there are sleeper cells that get planted and when the sleeper cells are activated that's when a larger attack happens these smaller attacks are still considered small but there are much bigger attacks that are prone to happen and we also we're going to be wiping out all the indigenous and you know christian and ethnic minorities in the middle east we don't want to do that because if that's completely removed in the Middle East, it's going to make it much worse for here. And it's a domino effect. Everything will be affected in this matter. It is an international crisis. And, you know, protecting them there, protecting us here, this is something that we need a strong president to take this mission on. Hillary cannot handle this. Hillary has already, you know, shown an experience of you know, not a good experience of dealing with a huge crisis, with dealing with Americans being attacked. She doesn't know how to deal with this. We need someone that's strong. And I, at, between these two options, I would definitely shoot for Donald Trump. There's much more hope with him for the people there, for the people here. And, you know, the United States of America is the mother country of the world. I just don't see Hillary Clinton as being a president of the mother country of the world. All right. I want to thank you both. Our thoughts and prayers are with all of you, and I hope the uh, United States, if we don't help, I don't know who will. Thank you yes, both. Don, Narain, and people thank really you. need appreciate to start it. supporting people like the Honorable Yunagam Tenna and politicians like him and politicians like in the United States that are standing strong, not being politically correct. We don't need politi political correctness anymore.
All right. Thank you both. 800-941-SHAWN, our toll-free telephone number. If you want to be a part of the program, all right, let's get to our busy uh, telephones here. We'll get a lot of calls in also in the next hour. As we say hi to Libby, Atlanta, News Talk WSB. How are you, Libby? Glad you called. Oh, thank you for, for taking me, and thank you for all you do. Um, thank you. I'm calling today about the commercial that Hillary has about Trump being a bad influence on, on our children, and she says our children are watching. Well, all I want to say to Hillary is my children watched you. My children watched you and, and Bill when you, you two were in the White House. I had to explain to my children what it means when a president lies under oath and what it means when a, when a president has an affair. And I don't want that again for my granddaughter. I don't want to have to explain that. So my children did watch Hillary, and that's why I don't want you. You know, I, I will tell you, I mean, that's just part of it. And I, I, I know this is going to sound callous and cold and probably insensitive, and I don't want you to misunderstand my comments. Compared to how bad the economy is, how bad open borders are, how bad unvetted refugees are, how bad, you know, the Iranian deal is, how bad the Middle East is in turmoil, I, I, and terrorism that is expanding and assassination of police. Yeah, I mean, that's on my list, but it's as, as profound as what you're saying is, it's not the top of my list. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And from your mouth to the voters ears, I just, uh, my point was simply she, she has the audacity to actually say that he's a bad influence on her children. She was a bad influence on my children. And, and, and that's why her commercial absolutely offended me. And you're right. Those other, those other topics are, are the reason why I totally support, uh, Trump and his candidacy. But, but I was just highly offended, highly offended that she could actually say that he would be a bad influence on our children. I look at his children and the, and the young adults that they've become. And, and and they're fine, upstanding young men and women. And I don't think he'll be a bad influence on my granddaughter. But I think she will. All right. Appreciate the call. 800-941-SHAWN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, staying in Georgia, Brent. Brent, we have a minute for you. Glad you called. Hey, I'll be quick. Uh, Sean, I was never Trump. Yes, and uh, quite honestly, stopped listening to you for a while because, you know, I was a crew supporter. Um on paper, he was everything that I thought we needed in the country. But, you know, in retrospect, after his speech, after looking at everything, you know, I've switched over. And I think that Trump's the only person at this point that can that can really has the guts. Uh, he's not a political person, and he can take on the political machine and do what we need done, which is, first of all, secure our borders. I mean, um, I don't think, you know, Cruz even backed off of the wall. Uh, and securing the border. So I think that, you know, these never Trump people, they need to take another look at it. They need to look at say, hey, you know, what, what is most important here? If we don't have, if we don't have control, we don't have a country. You don't have a country. Listen, I gotta run. Thank you for the call. All right, when we come back, terror around the world. Belgian priest stabbed by a migrant. We got in Holland a 96-year-old grandmother murdered by an Iraqi migrant. We got a Somali man attempting to behead a man in a London station. A Somali national killing one and injuring five others in London. And an ISIS killing two Egyptian police officers. Don't worry, Obama says everything's fine. They're contained. Patrick Poole and your calls are next.
This is the Sean Hannity Show podcast. As ISIL is beaten back, we're gaining vast amounts of intelligence, thousands of documents, thumb drives, digital files, which we will use to keep destroying ISIL's networks and stop foreign fighters. We also continue to uh, intensify our efforts against al-Qaeda in Syria, which, no matter what name it calls itself, cannot be allowed to maintain a safe haven to train and plot attacks against us. I do want to step back and note the broader progress that has been made in this campaign so far. Two years ago, ISIL was racing across Iraq to the outskirts of Baghdad itself, and to many observers, ISIL looked invincible. Since then, in Iraq, ISIL has lost at the Manjib Dam, at Tikrit, at Beji, uh, at Sinjar, at Ramadi, at Heat, at Ruba, and now Fallujah. In Syria, ISIL's lost at Kobani and Tel Abayad, and the Tishran Dam and al-Shaddadi. ISIL has lost territory across vast stretches of the border with Turkey and almost all major transit routes into Raqqa. And in both Iraq and Syria, ISIL has not been able to reclaim any significant territory that they have lost. So I want to repeat, ISIL has not had a major successful offensive operation in either Syria or Iraq in a full year. Even ISIL's leaders know they're going to keep losing. In their message to followers, they're increasingly acknowledging that they may lose Mosul and Raqqa. And ISIL is right. They will lose them. And we'll keep hitting them and pushing them back and driving them out until they do. In other words, ISIL turns out not to be invincible. They are, in fact, inevitably going to be defeated. Sometimes when I'm talking to young interns at the White House uh, who are still immunizing themselves from the cynicism that's so chronic in this town, um, I remind them, if you had to choose... A moment in history to be born, and you didn't know ahead of time who you were going to be. You choose now, because the world has never been less violent, healthier, better educated, more tolerant, with more opportunity for more people and more connected than it is today. All right, news roundup and information overload. So the news, the, the world has never been less violent. Well, let's go through some of the headlines, shall we? Belgian priest stabbed by a migrant who didn't have cash for him. We got in Holland a 96-year-old grandmother murdered by an Iraqi migrant, a Somali man attempting to behead a man in a London station. And you got a Somali national killing one woman the other night, injuring five others in, in London. And you have ISIS killing two Egyptian police officers in a video and threatening, of course, Israel. Now, of course, we see the migrant problem all over Europe and Germany and Great Britain and Paris, Belgium. And I'm watching all of this, and what did we learn? We learned that, yeah, the refugee population was infiltrated by ISIS fighters and radical Islamists. But don't worry, the headline in the AP today is, the U.S. is poised to hit Obama's target of 10,000 Syrian refugees. Yeah, they're the very people that James Clapper, our director of national intelligence, our FBI director Comey, our CIA director Brennan, our assistant FBI director Steinbeck, our former special envoy to defeat ISIS, General Allen, and what our House Homeland Security Committee chair, Mike McCall, had all said that they would infiltrate the population and come here. So you got Syrian refugees as we speak, despite the fact that we now see mass mass casualty casualty isis attacks every few days or weeks now abroad and at home well this president's just ratcheting up the influx of refugees into this country and as far as the presidential election you got a individual in the name of hillary clinton well don't worry she wants to bring in an, another 550 percent increase in what obama's bringing in well that's really nice of her considering she has all the security she could ever want and need state department reports show that 2340 syrian refugees arrived Last month in the United States alone, 
By the way, we're not taking in Christians or Yazidis or those that have been victim of genocide, which we've chronicled on this program. That's that's not happening in any way, shape, or form. As it relates to the arms, as it relates to the money for hostages and the ransom paid, we now heard from an Iranian hostage. The Iranians told me they're waiting for another plane to arrive before they let us go. So it was it was ransom. The Iranians did tell the truth, as confirmed now by one of the hostages released. Anyway, on top of that, there is a article out today, and more papers around the country are reporting on this. Now we see that bringing in refugees to the United States and not checking their health issues out, we see that there are many plagues, contagious diseases that they're bringing into the United States. You think we'd at least check their medical condition, but we don't. And Obama, of course, deceiving voters, you the people, about the ransom paid to Iran. Hillary Clinton doesn't want to talk about that. Yesterday, the president spent seven minutes dodging whether Iran will use the $400 million to fund terrorism. And yet, you know, in the case of Gold Star mothers like Pat Smith that are ignored by the media, well, if you're a Democrat and you're supporting Hillary and you're lecturing Donald Trump, then it's front page news for days and weeks. By the way, arrested ISIS sympathizer is now claiming the fellow militants are in Mexico. That was in the Daily Caller today. And Paris police once again are on alert for an Afghan who may be planning an attack there. And in Indonesia, counterterrorism police have thwarted a jihadist missile attack. Joining us now, Patrick Poole. He is the national security and terrorism correspondent for PJ Media. Uh, You're the person that first told me that there is an ISIS attack somewhere around the world every 84 hours. I thought the JV team was contained. Uh, Sean, that's that's the mystery of it all, is that uh, while we have basically Europe under siege from an Islamist insurgency, uh, you know, we, we've got our media focused on, you know, pocket constitutions and, you know, not the complete and utter collapse of the Obama-Clinton foreign policy over the past seven and a half years, but... You know, the the media just lathering over, you know, Donald Trump's latest tweets. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the double standard, isn't it? I mean, you got, you know, look at the case of Pat Smith. She gave a speech at the Republican convention. We played montages, roundly dismissed. Republicans were excoriated for exploiting the death of her son. And then in comes Mr. Khan, and Mr. Khan lectures Donald Trump, and he becomes the media's favorite guest for weeks and weeks. And then we start discovering, what have you discovered about Khan? That he supports Sharia law like others have been reporting? Well, I, I mean, you know, others have, have reported on it, but, but I think, Sean, the, the important statistics, you know, not discounting the sacrifices that Muslim Americans have made in defense of the United States, but we've had three times more Muslim Americans killed fighting for terrorist organizations than have died fighting for the United States since 9-11. Uh, we just had two Americans who were killed in a firefight with police in Bangladesh just last week. Um, you know, we, we've got a serious problem. You know, we have Major Nadal Hassan, we had uh, uh, in Fort Hood, killed 13 of his fellow soldiers. Sergeant Hassan Akbar killed two of his fellow soldiers just days before they went into Iraq. Uh, in Camp Pennsylvania and Kuwait. Um, I, I mean, we, we have serious problems, and, uh, you know, and we've got uh, the DNC, you know, um, staged event 
that's really taken our eyes off the ball of we've got serious problems, not just here in the U.S., but in the world. You know, we now have video of the ransom that Iran is now showing. You know, for all the talk about how the president talked about, well, this great new Iranian deal, and we give him $150 billion, we give him $400 million in cash, uh, and I guess euros and francs, and we send it in an unmarked cargo plane, and it's on pallets, and they get the cash, and even John Kerry and the president and Susan Rice and so many others admit, and Josh Ernest admit that, yeah, they could use that money to foment more terror. I mean, they've been the number one state sponsor of terror now for, for over a decade and longer. And um, I'm wondering, why would you give money, why would you give $150 billion, the right to continue to spin centrifuges, the right to partner with Vladimir Putin for missile defense, in case we ever need to take out those facilities, the right to build up conventional arms and the right to continue to build your ballistic missile system so you can launch them. How do you call that a good deal? How do, uh, and, it, and then the Iranians just mock you afterwards. I mean, it's it's if it wasn't so it, it, sad. It, it's bizarre, Sean, because uh, yesterday Obama claimed that the the Iran deal shut down Iranian nuclear facilities. But we know that not a single facility was shut down. Um, and, you know, we, we've got, you know, literally pallets of money being shipped on these unmarked cargo planes, you know, in uh, the, you know, not uh, ransom payments, you know, unscheduled flights uh, w- without bothering to tell Congress, let alone this money being authorized. You know, I seem to recall that in, you know, Article One of those pocket constitutions, that they waive, you know, the, the Congress, when did they ever approve that money? Um, and, and, the, and the Iranians just laughing at us. You know, if, if you recall when they captured our uh, 10 sailors um, and John Kerry, well, you know, they, the Iranians were just uh, it, giving them aid and assistance. And then, you know, the Iranians released video, you know, of of them crying and, and, and uh, being held captive with their hands, you know, behind their heads. It's, it's just so utterly insane that we're talking about, you know, Kizer Khan and his pocket constitution and not the collapse of the Obama-Clinton foreign policy. It's such a good point. And then, of course, they spend a whole night praising Black Lives Matter. Imagine if Republicans were praising a group that said, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And and you white people, you get in the back. All of that on tape. Anyway, Patrick, great work that you're doing over at uh, PJ Media. We always appreciate you being with, with us on the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number on this Friday. All right, let's get to Jose is in Miami, News Radio 600, WIOD. What's up, sir? Uh, hey, Sean, how's it going? Sorry, I heard my name, and I just thought I'm, I'm saying my name. How you doing, Sean? Yeah, that's all right. What's going on? How are you? Uh, I'm enjoying your tweets with the Wall Street Journal. They're, they are uh, spot on. You know, I think this never-Trump movement has jumped the shark. They're, at this point, I think, hurting the republic more than anything with with this perpetuation of these, these constant attacks against Trump and not focusing on the big picture. And I think the big picture, frankly, for me, is a SCOTUS the Supreme Court and what Hillary will do to it if if Obama's nomina- nominees have, have basically continued the goose-stepping, uh, Hillary will only continue and do worse, and I'm frightened about that. You know, look, uh, the only thing I can say is, you know, this is a choice election. I mean, 
you know, part of me, like everybody else, uh, you know, if I could will Donald Trump to win, I would will it because I know how bad she's going to be. I know what this agenda is going to be. I know what it means for the economy. I don't know how the how much she will accumulate in taxes. I understand the status socialist mindset. I know what appeasement is because she's been a part of it now for for the eight years. We know on foreign policy that it's not going to help the country in any way, shape, matter or form. But at the end of the day, you know, we get the government we deserve. You know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm sort of battling all these elitists. It was what I was talking to Newt about earlier today and what I was arguing with this idiot from the Wall Street Journal on Twitter about last night. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't under, seem to understand that Republican weakness, timidity, uh, fecklessness, a lack of spine, backbone, principles, you can say it any way you want, and their yeah, broken promises have created the opening for Donald Trump to be where he is today. And now they are so angry at the voters who, in record numbers, gave this nomination to Donald Trump that they are now doing everything in their power to sabotage him. Now, there are legitimate people that have legitimate disagreements with Donald Trump, and maybe they don't like his style, they don't like his temperament. You know, to me, you know, all right, take your criticism and then tell me how important is the Supreme Court selection for the next president and there'll be numerous ones it'll impact this country for generations tell me how important it is that we have somebody that's at least going to try and rein in government spending tell me how important it is to get rid of obamacare tell me how important it is to secure our nation's borders tell me how important it is to vet refugees in a proper way so we don't gamble with the lives of the american people you know tell me how important it is to actually get good education in in small towns and inner cities across america you know that's what's at stake here there are two diametrically opposed visions for the future of the country and that's what we're dealing with these people are allowing themselves or i should say engaging in, in elevating their self uh perceived notions over over what's in the best interest of the country i mean they saying, think they know better they yes. they think they're smarter than you they can't believe that the people have rejected them. They can't. They don't understand. They can't come to grips with their own failures, and it's it's a reality that is now hitting them in the face. And and so their answer is, well, we're not going to let them win, and they're going to pick up their toys and go home and sabotage as best they can. And there's a lot of them. And I, there are a few principled people that I understand have legitimate gripes, differences with Donald Trump, but that's not the people we're talking about here. Kennedy Headline, a bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you anywhere you go. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. When we come back, your calls, your comments coming up, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. By the way, Paris's uh, Eiffel Tower evacuated again this afternoon because of another terror alerts sparked by some abandoned luggage. Apparently, uh, armed police, soldiers, searching tourists, cordon off the area. Does this not seem like it's every day now? Does this really seem like the JV team that's contained? Is this? And then why would you give money to Iran for ransom when you know they're going to use it to increase terror attacks? We'll continue. We know you never want to miss the Sean Hannity Show. And now you never have to. Just sign up for Hannity Headlines. A bite-sized version of the show that you can take with you on your laptop, your mobile phone, everywhere you go, even to your liberal in-laws place in Vermont. So, um, 
Yeah. And after a few hours of that, you'll be glad you brought Sean along. To sign up today for Hannity Headlines, go to Hannity.com. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Glad you're with us on this Friday. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, as promised, this final half hour on this Friday, we're going to get to our busy phones. Anthony is in Long Island listening to the all-new AM 710 W.O.R., the voice of New York, New Jersey, and Long Island. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you, Sean? How's everything? Everything's great. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to you. I can't wait for this day to be over, man. Yeah, we're getting there. You're almost there. Just, you know, hang out on the LIE. It's a nice parking lot. Take in the view of the walls and, yeah, and breathe well, in that delicious... Right now. <laughs> oh, you're going to LaGuardia. Oh, you... yeah, By the way, what... I'm a guy. I'm a cab driver. Yes, sir. Oh, I love my New York cab drivers. They're great. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm actually amazed at how many cab drivers listen to the show, and uh, and they tell me so, and I'm very honored that they do, and I know how hard you work. I know the deal that most of you have. I know how much you you rent out your cab for a 12-hour shift for and how difficult it is to just pay that nut back, and then you start working for yourself, and then you're stuck in traffic. It's Then you got to deal with Uber and that new competition. It's not easy. I know, I know but you know what? You're a great person too, Sean. And you know I listen yeah. to you because man, you 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 know what? When you talk like I'm talking, and you know you know I'm a Donald Trump fan. I mean I don't have to say anything else. And what I really want to say is this guy is a businessman and he's shocked. And he doesn't know how to be a politician. He was never a politician, but he beat them all. And you know what? He's going to come around. And I know it, and I know it, and he's going to be stronger than ever. And I wanted you to know that from me because you said it. And that's all I want to really say is I'm behind him to the end. I think he's got a good shot. I know the the you know the pundits the punditry class out there doesn't think so at this moment. But you know what? We've got a lot of game left to play with 94 days to go. We're going to count it down. We'll watch every inning, every pitch. And uh, when we get into these late innings and the debates happen and the debates occur and they're right around the corner, you know what? A lot can happen between now and then. I'm hopeful. I'm I'm hopeful that America has suffered enough. I hope that the millions of Americans that are in poverty on food stamps out of the labor force, the one in five families that don't have a single member of the family working, the those that have children and grandchildren that care about the debt and the deficit and unfunded liabilities, I hope that those maybe that have lost jobs because there's so many illegal immigrants taking those jobs and driving down wages, I hope those that are concerned about protecting the homeland and see the rising incidence of terror around the world as a, a shot cro- uh, fired across the bow, we better pay attention to the warning. It's a warning call for us and, and want to change direction. I, I hope people have suffered enough in the sense that it wakes them up. I hope people understand what's at stake here. Uh, because there's a lot at stake. So anyway, I appreciate your call. Listen, you work hard. Good luck at LaGuardia. I hope you get a long trip into Connecticut or someplace so you get paid a lot of money. Love you, Sean. Take it easy. All right, my friend. God bless you. I appreciate it. Hardworking guy looking at how bad things are and saying, I need to get a new president. Yep. That's most of the people I know in my life. Anyway, let's get uh, to, uh, is it Gene in Freedom, Wyoming? How are you? You're on the Sean Hannity Show. Gene E., how are you? It's Jeannie. Thank you. I am done listening to the Republicans whine about Donald Trump. All three Bushes, H.W., W. and Jeb, John McCain, Mitt Romney, John Kasich, need to get on board the Trump train and let's roll. We're fighting for our country here. They've got to put aside their whining 
and their political agenda and their differences. We have to win this. We have to win this election. We believe in God, family, our friends, the Second Amendment. We have got to make a stand and save this country. I totally agree. Look, it's it's my list that I keep going back to. You get Hillary's choice for the Supreme Court or you get the originalist that Donald Trump has promised. You get some fiscal sanity or you don't. You get energy independence or you don't. You get to fire every coal miner and close down every coal company with Hillary. You know, you get to expand fracking and drilling in this country, nuclear technology, all other technology, new technologies, or you don't. That's what's at stake here. You you elect a president that can say radical Islamic terrorism or you don't. You elect a president that sees the need for a border or you don't. You know, you want to negotiate better trade deals or you don't. You know, I don't see anything changing with Hillary in office except a new person sits aboard Air Force One, Marine One, and and lives in the White House. I don't see much else changing. The Republican Uh, Party has got to stand together. we got a man up or what we say in Wyoming, we cowboy up, we get a deep seat and a faraway look, and we come out whipping and spurring. We have got to stand together. We've got to stand together. I agree. Thank you, Jeannie. Appreciate it. Susanna is in Pittsburgh, PA. Susanna, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. First of all, I want to say we love you in our household. And secondly, um, in Pittsburgh, we you helped us during the primary election. I think you did, but um, it, it was what I called the Project Delegate. And it was an organized um, yes. project that was implemented. It gave us the names of the convention delegates who solely were committed to Trump. And that gave us knowledge so that we could go into the polls and vote wisely. And that helped him to win. Well, so i got to tell you, that's one of the most dangerous systems I've ever seen. Because what happens is you don't see the name Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Marco Rubio. You saw the name of a delegate, and they don't put who the delegate's supporting. So we did the work, and Linda deserves most of the credit. She did all the legwork on it, of, of putting the names of the, the people on the ballot with the people that were running that they support. So this way, you know, voters can make an informed decision. And we worked, Sean, and it was beautiful. So here's what I want to suggest. I want to suggest project endorsement. I'm asking, I used to be a state committee member. I used to be an elected district chairman, and this is the time, this is the season that they are going to call all of the volunteers, all of the state committee members and, the, you know, the um, district chairs, and they're going to say, go out and get all the community members who are for this candidate and have them pass out our, you know, candidate slate, all the names that are on there, you know, who knows, it could be your congressman or whatever. Well, here's what I want to say. Let's do project endorsement. Go on that delegate, go on that list of candidates and find out who is behind Trump and who isn't. If they're not behind Trump, you tell your district chairperson or whatever, I'm not going to hand out their information. I'm not going to endorse them if they cannot endorse our candidate. And, Sean, that's what they're upset about. It's our candidate. We weren't forced to take a McCain or a Romney. We chose him. We we stumped them with Trump. So get out there, work the polls, be a poll watcher, make phone calls, volunteer, but only do it for Trump and those who endorse him. And it's called Project Endorsement. And here's what this is saying to those people, those career politicians like Charlie Dent, and I don't want to name all of them, but the ones who are out there bad-mouthing Trump. We're saying to them, we will not endorse you because you are being silent on Trump, which is a vocal endorsement for Hillary Clinton, four to eight of this nonsense ruling. We need to do this for as for a legacy for our families. We have to. Mm-hmm. 
Well said, Susanna. You know what, Linda, I'm looking at you. I think that's not a bad idea. I think Susanna's onto something here, and let people decide. This way you know where these congressmen and senators stand. And, you know, some of these guys are trying to thread the needle and not say anything and stay in, in hiding. So that's a good point. Anyway, thank you, Susanna. Alex is in Houston, Texas, KTRH. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'd like to say thank you for supporting the military, and thank you for reporting the news that nobody else ever seems to want to touch on. Um, uh, well, I appreciate it. That's my job. That's why I'm here. Yeah, we love you for it. Um, I'd like to just touch a little bit on this whole con thing. I know everybody's been talking about it, but um, it just seems like he keeps saying he wants to be out of the spotlight, but he keeps popping up, and it looks like he's kind of starting to unravel. You know, at first he looked like a good pro-immigration story, and now you peel back the layers and you start to see, you know, what's really underneath. You know, he starts out by deleting his website, pay for play. It looks like it looks just like a play out of the Hillary Clinton playbook. Um you know, they uncover his papers that he talks about how Sharia law is above all other laws, including the Constitution, which makes no sense with him waving the Constitution around on stage. Now he's saying Allah is typically or is intentionally tripping up Trump, you know, and, and it starts to see that, you know, he's not pushing. Well, and he for... supports Sharia law. I mean, we've learned a lot about this guy. You know, I'm just not in the habit. Honestly, Alex, Trump had it right. He said that his son is a hero. And he said, and there's nothing that Trump has proposed that would impact this guy's family in any way. So Absolutely. this was a made-up issue. As a veteran, I mean, as a veteran, I'd, I would be the first to say that he's a hero. But once, you know, once the family starts using their hero as a political bargaining chip, then I say the gloves come off. I don't think Trump owes anybody an apology. And I think the way that he's being paraded around, the way that Khan is being paraded around, just, you know, it's, it's, it's disgraceful to any hero member of the military. Yeah, I, well, I got to tell you, you know, the media is so distorted that and then it then it leads to a new narrative. Oh my God, Donald Trump needs an intervention. Does he have the temperament? That's the media just advancing Hillary's narrative. That's Hillary's narrative, and it's yeah, all made up and it's all not true. They have nothing else to talk about. So they just start making these stories up because they know that their legion of loyal followers is going to latch onto every soundbite and they're just going to run with it. You know, and there's no truth to it at all. But nobody seems to care about the truth anymore, Sean. No, it's so true. But we do. We do on this program. Yeah, we and do. We're You're just doing a great job of putting it out. Yeah, it's fun. And by the way, I'm hated by a lot of people for it, and I'm all for that. That's fine. Ed in Vegas, K Dawn Radio. What's up, uh, Ed? How are you? Glad you called, sir. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show, Sean, and thank you for everything that you do. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, Sean, I just want to remind all your listeners, um, and you have a slew of uh, Republican, de Democratic people listening and all that stuff. I just want to remind the listeners out there that, you know, what Trump doesn't have that Hillary has is that he doesn't have blood on his hands. You know, uh, I, I knew the late Chris uh, Ambassador Chris Stevens. I was on his protective detail uh, in 0506. And my job was, and the team that I was, we were there to protect our diplomats. You know, it's it's remarkable how Hillary can just blatantly lie to the families who are who are lost in Benghazi. And I think to myself, that could have been me. And Hillary would have straight lied to my wife and to my, my three-year-old son. So I just mm -hmm. want to remind the, the, you know, the, the listeners out there, like, she has blood on her hands. When you hear that there were 600 separate requests that were denied, it's, it, it takes your breath away, doesn't it? It, it does, sir, because... The, this is our diplomats. These are our representative of our great nation. And when they turned their backs on our diplomats, 
how much more the people who support our diplomats, including the security personnel. You know, it, it, there's only one goal that Hillary has, is that it doesn't matter how many people die, it doesn't matter how many people she lied to, it, lying to the Congress, her end goal is just to be the president. That's it. I think that's true. I think the ambition of her knows no bounds. And, yeah, and I think in many, many ways, when you really get to the heart of it, the denial of security before and during, there is culpability and responsibility here on many people's hands, and she's at the top of the ladder, no doubt about it. Lisa, Ohio, you're next on The Sean Hannity Show. Um, uh been following you for years. Love you dearly. Great voice out there for the conservative movement. I have to tell you, though, I, I'm I'm just really concerned about this election simply because we've got so much stacked against us. I mean, not only the media, but the FBI has been complicit. The, the Democrats are, are just so adept at smoke and mirrors. I just I can't believe that some of the Republicans in my party are starting to think that Donald Trump is unfit for the presidency. And it's just scaring the heck out of me as a person that's trying to start a business. Um, my brother's a small business owner. My dad's a small business owner. I mean, I'm I'm really scared to death for the future of this country. And I'm thinking, you know, what if Hillary is going to pull out all stop and say there is no damn way I'm going to lose this election. I'm going to win this election. I mean, you've got the voter ID laws that are weakening in this country, so it's going to encourage illegals to vote, to go to the voting polls. I just, I wonder how in God's green acres we're going to be able to win this election with all this stuff stacked against us. I mean, Trump, you know, he's, He's, I really believe the man has a love for this country. I believe he could do great things, but he just can't seem to focus and stay on message. And that's scary, yeah. too. Listen, I'm not I, I don't blame Trump as much as some of the other people have here because I see that what the media is doing. But, yeah, I you know, as I said in my advice earlier this week, I'm getting some feedback, guys. As I said in my advice earlier this week to Trump is two people you should talk about and only two people. And those two people are uh, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and talk about Obama's failures and talk about Hillary continuing these policies and explain what his vision and solutions for the country are. If he does that, I think he wins. If he gets caught up in in fights that he doesn't belong in, as disgusted as I am with all these Republicans that are stabbing him in the back and sabotaging his campaign, he can't be fighting Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Paul Ryan and everybody else and and the father of that lost his son in a war. He can't get distracted because all of this is a trap. One of the telltale signs that this is Hillary's strategy is that Hillary keeps going out there with the information. That apparently, they've gone through every debate Trump was in and found every single instance in which he got annoyed so that they can use that when she debates him. He's got to be ready for that. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Wow, what a week it has been. Don't worry, we'll be on it all weekend. Let not your heart be troubled as we bring you the best political coverage, election coverage available on your radio dial, 24-7, 365, nonstop work. I sleep a little bit, like four hours, five hours. Anyway, have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.